0: We're reading this morning from the Bible in the book of Exodus, from chapter 5, from verse 1. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go, so they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That is why they are crying out, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the people, so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. Then the slave drivers and the overseers went out and said to the people, This is what Pharaoh says, I will not give you any more straw. Go and get your own straw, wherever you can find it, but your work will not be reduced at all. So the people scattered all over Egypt to gather stubble to use for straw. The slave drivers kept pressing them, saying, Complete the work required of you for each day just as when you had straw. And Pharaoh's slave drivers beat the Israelite overseers they had appointed, demanding, Why haven't you met your quota of bricks yesterday or today as before? Then the Israelite overseers went and appealed to Pharaoh. Why have you treated your servants this way? Your servants are given no straw, and yet we are told, Make bricks. Your servants are being beaten. But the fault is with your own people. Pharaoh said, lazy. That is what you are, lazy. That is why you keep saying, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Now get to work. You will not be given any straw, yet you must produce your full quota of bricks. The Israelite overseers realised they were in trouble when they were told, you are not to reduce the number of bricks required of you each day. When they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them. And they said, May the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. This is
1: God's word. In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. Uh, These men promptly escaped uh, from a maximum security stockade uh, to the Los Angeles underground and today, still wanted by the government, uh, they survive as soldiers of fortune. Uh, Some of you have no idea who I'm talking about. Others of you watched far too much television in the 80s. Uh, I'm talking about the A-Team. The A-Team. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, you could hire the A-Team. The 18 were like this uh, renegade bunch of crime fighters, uh, led by a guy called Hannibal, who every episode they'd have a new plan to to solve a crime or catch a baddie or something. Uh, and at the end of each episode, if not most episodes, you'd have Hannibal uh, lighting up a big cigar and saying something like, "I love it when a plan comes together. I love it when a plan comes together." And as we we dive into this story in Exodus 5, what we should have is a, I love it when a plan comes together moment. Uh, Moses has been given a plan by God to go and lead the Israelites out of slavery from Pharaoh. And he's had the pep talk of all epic pep talks uh, from God himself, from Yahweh himself at the burning bush. Uh, And God has equipped him with signs and miracles to go and and show Pharaoh, to show he's legit. Uh, And Moses and Aaron have been to uh, the Israelites and told them the plan. Uh, They've told them what's going to happen. And the Israelites have been so overjoyed about it that they have worshipped God. You know, after generation, after generation, after generation, after generation of slavery, they're ready to pack the bags. Uh, And and this plan is going to come together. Or so it should be, so it seems. Uh, We're going to see that doesn't quite pan out how they expected. Uh, And so what we're going to do is we're going to enter into the story here from the point of view of the Israelites. We're going to enter into it. Uh, We're going to zoom right in on verse 9. So have a a Bible open or an app open as we we go through it. We're going to zoom right in on verse 9 and see what verse 9 has to say to us specifically for us today. And then we're going to zoom back out again. Okay, so let's enter into the story in Exodus 5. And as we said, uh, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go, so they may go and worship, essentially, in the desert. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. It's the first no of several no's that Pharaoh is going to give. Uh, he then says Moses and Aaron why are you taking the people away from the labor get back to work over in verse six that same day Pharaoh gave the order to the slave drivers and the overseers of uh, in charge of the people it basically says make the work harder they've been making bricks that's their slavery task bricks 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 out of straw and, and Pharaoh is basically saying take the straw away make them go and find their own straw and stubble from the ground Uh, still have to fulfill the same brick quota, but it gets harder for them. Uh, And then we get to verse 9. Have a look at verse 9 because this really uh, is the crux of what Pharaoh says. He says this in verse 9, make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to the lies. Make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to the lies. Right, shelve that for a moment because we're going to come back to it. But can you imagine the emotions of the people, of the Israelite people at this point, expectant and ready to, to get out of slavery. Uh, and and as we read through this passage, as, as Andrew read it earlier, you would have hopefully picked up some of the, the emotion as you scan right down to say verse 20. Right. Uh, When they left Pharaoh, this is the Israelite people, they they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them. And they said, may the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made it as obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials. You've put a sword in his hand to kill us. We'll skip into verse 22 and 23 here, where, where Moses then prays to God and says, why, Lord, have you brought trouble on the people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on his people. You've not rescued your people at all. Not only has the plan not come together, uh, but the plan has failed. In fact, not only is the plan failed, but it looks like it's massively backfired. Actually, it's resulted in harder circumstances for the people of God. And we feel their emotion, don't we? Um, disappointment, absolute best, and um, gutted. Angry, um, confused, um, anger at God, perhaps, a mistrust in him and, and his plan. Um, any of this ringing any bells for anybody at all this year? And so we can identify, can't we, in the, with the Israelite people as they express their emotions to what looks like a plan failed, a plan backfired. Far from a plan that's come together. Uh, and as we zoom in then on verse nine, and this is where I kind of want you to have a, a finger in the text. Uh, verse nine says, "Make the work harder for the people, that they keep working, and pay no attention to the lies. The lies that Pharaoh frames here or or, 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 or portrays as lies is actually what we know to be God's truth. God's truth of His redemption and salvation plan. Later on in, in verse uh, in um, chapter twelve, we see that God's plan does happen that the the people are freed from slavery that redemption and salvation comes to fruition like it happens this is god's truth so as pharaoh frames it as lies we know that's god's truth and as we look at that one verse make the work harder for the people so they pay no attention to the lies if you like we 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 could reword that verse somewhat to get to the essence of of what pharaoh is saying We, we could reword it to say this Make the circumstances harder for God's people so that they get distracted and forget God's truth. I'll say that again. Make the circumstances harder for God's people so that they get distracted and forget God's truth. You can... You could simmer it right down to possibly just three things and those are three things that we're going to just unpack a little bit together now the circumstances are hard we can get distracted uh, and we can forget the truth that as you simmer verse nine down you you realize that this is not a story about israelite slaves thousands of years ago this is a story about me now in 2021 Uh, circumstances are hard circumstances are hard i I don't need to tell you that do i Uh, the last 12 months have been hard they've been hard circumstances Uh, you will know people who have been very very sick this year Uh, you may even know someone who's passed away. You will have had schoolwork pile up and pile up and pile up and getting harder, exams cancelled, applications put to one side. Circumstances have been hard. You have had to balance homeschooling with running your business from your bedroom. You may have even experienced a loss of jobs or loss of finance in the last 12 months all sorts of hard circumstances you may have experienced relationship difficulty this year circumstances are hard and we can get distracted we can get distracted Uh, jacob did a really great job of unpacking this for us in bite size it is when we can get distracted by not seeing a, a bigger picture where we don't keep perspective, where we don't zoom out, we can get distracted by, by what's in front of us. You know this to be true if you, if you drive a car, uh, if, you're, if you're driving along a road and it starts raining, you, you put the windscreen wipers on. Uh, but if you do that, uh, and you start looking at the windscreen wipers themselves, rather than looking at the road through the windscreen, well then uh, that's dangerous, <laughs> there's going to be trouble. If, if you get distracted by what's right in front of you, it's not going to go well for you. It's the same reason there's as a, as a law against, like, texting whilst you drive. Is that when, when you're looking at what's right in front of you, you get distracted from the, the big picture, the importance of what's going on in the road. And in the same way, we can so get distracted so easily by what's right in front of us. Our hard circumstances that are right in front of our face. Our circumstances are hard we get distracted uh, and we can forget the truth. We can forget the truth. we can forget God's truth that we have heard and that we know to be true. This is what, why I think part of the reason why we we need church like we need the the the, the Sunday rhythms of, of going to church because we need to hear it over and again sometimes. Some of you will have heard uh, the good news of Jesus and all about him uh, week on week on week for years, possibly decades yet still, it's important to get together as God's people to hear that truth again. Because come Monday, when we have other circumstances in front of us, we can forget God's truth so easily. It's the reason why husbands and wives need to say, I love you to each other regularly, because we can forget the truth. Even though I know it, I still need to hear it and be reminded. It's the reason that if you have kids, you you, you tell them to, to stop at the curb before they cross the road. Uh, for years and years and years, you'll tell them that, that. They know it. They know that truth. That They'll get... in injured if they cross the road without stopping but but they need to be reminded of it because they'll forget that truth circumstances are hard we get distracted by what's right in front of us and and we can forget the truth but there is remedy to that there is remedy to those three things we can flip those three things and this is again what Jacob did so well for us he helped us to see when when you zoom out when you see big perspective you get the big picture and that's what I'm going to say to you this morning is that that don't let hard circumstances distract you from God's truth if that's the one sentence that you that you write down that you remember that you you go into Sunday afternoon thinking about is this don't let hard circumstances distract you from God's truth And the way you do that is getting perspective and zooming out. Why do I say that? Uh, Because right now we're in a story in Exodus um, chapter 5. But we know chapter 12 is coming. Uh, Chapter 12 is when God comes good on all these promises on all these truths that his plan is totally brought to fruition that salvation is brought redemption happens for the slaves people are brought out of slavery and they are redeemed and grace is given and salvation is brought we are in chapter 5 right now but we know chapter 12 is coming as you zoom out All those emotions that we experience with the Israelite slaves in chapter five of being angry and disappointed and gutted and and wondering, has God just forgotten about us? My friends, we are living in chapter five days. But zoom out and know that chapter 12 is coming. So as we look at those three things, circumstances are hard, we get distracted and we can forget the truth. Let's flip them right over and say circumstances are temporary. Keep the perspective. Hold on to the truth. Circumstances are, are temporary. This is true for the Israelite we like slaves, it's true for us Now. Sitting here in 2021, you know this to be true. If some of you have had the the vaccination uh, already for COVID, um, uh, I am not a fan of going into hospitals or any sort of clinical space. I'm not a fan of of needles in general. Uh, and and you'll notice if you had any sort of blood test or injection or this this vaccination. It it does it. it, it you'll feel it. Like there's a little hmm, there's a there's a short pain. whenever someone puts a needle in your arm, right? There's, it hurts, right? Uh, but you know that in half an hour's time you're going to be walking out of the hospital Uh, it doesn't make the pain any less and it doesn't make the hurt and the difficulty any less real Uh, but your perspective means that you can deal with that because you know you're going over there Uh, this is true for us now circumstances are temporary what we're experiencing now, difficult circumstances in front of our face, they are temporary. doesn't make it any less painful or confusing or or hurting. but the perspective shows us that they're temporary. circumstances are temporary. Uh, the second thing is is rather than getting distracted we we keep the perspective we we keep the perspective again uh, if you're if you're driving that that car. Uh, And the raindrops are on your windscreen and the wipers are going, don't look at the raindrops. Keep looking through the windshield. Uh, Keep looking at at the road. Keep looking at the the big picture of what's really important in God's truth in your life. It's the same reason why when you're looking at the sat now, if you don't just look at the little blue dot going around, you you look at the the roads and the surroundings and and the map around it. It's, It's because when you get perspective, you see the bigger picture. And as you get the perspective, it allows you to hold on to the truth. It allows you to to hold on to the truth. And we hold on to that even in our darkest days. And that truth, and and that that truth for for the Israelites was that salvation was coming and salvation was real, redemption was real. And as we finish off our time thinking about this this morning i've got to say to you that 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 truth to hold on to is that salvation and redemption is real the israelite slaves in in chapter five are not the only people to in the midst of hard immediate circumstances feel that abandonment from god has god forgotten about us has the plan not only failed, but backfired. They're not the only people in the, in the history of the Bible to, to feel disappointed or let down or gutted or, or angry at God or scared or confused. A few uh, centuries later, there are another group of people whose, whose leader seems to have failed. They're the first ever Jesus followers. And on the day that Jesus is crucified on a cross, and in the day after, where he's laid in a tomb still, they must have felt those same things that you and I feel, and those Israelites feel, felt then. Is that What's happened to the plan? Has God abandoned us? Like, is the culture taking over and more powerful? Uh, gutted, confused, angry, lost. Uh, they were living in day two, but day three was coming. <laughs> day three, resurrection day, where Jesus defeats death and comes out of the tomb. It's the day when uh, your redemption was sealed and done. Jesus' resurrection on day three is the day when your salvation was sealed and done for you now that that ultimate day of salvation is coming. Salvation has been brought to you. That is God's truth that he wants you to hold on to. Friends, we're living in chapter five days, but chapter 12 is coming. We're living in day two, but day three is coming. And the original day three is God's truth that salvation and redemption has been done for you. Don't let hard circumstances distract you from God's truth and so may you my friends know that salvation and that redemption that's been brought for you may you know that circumstances are temporary may you keep perspective and may you hold on to God's truth